You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today for another episode of The Divorced Christian Podcast Show. I'm your host, Darius Good. I'm the author of the book, The Divorced Christian, you can find information regarding that book on our website at thedivorcedchristian.com. We also have links on that website. The information that we present to you on this platform, you can go to the website all the way down at the bottom of that page. You'll find links that has uh, information that we share on this show, such as the Ketubah, which is the marriage agreement. Um, it was a biblical requirement uh, initiated by Moses And so you can find What a ketubah looks like uh, Their bill of divorcement Which is called the get um, You can click on those links And take a look at that information as well And so everything that we provide All the information You can find those links right there on the website It is an excellent source of information Because many Christians Are not aware of this information and so I'm presenting it so we have a better understanding of Jesus' statements regarding adultery, his statements regarding divorce, and also the subject of remarriage. We're going to get into that eventually as that information is there in the book. And I'm presenting this information in line with the scriptures. It's not opinion. It is scriptural. It's based on the culture, on the laws of Moses that was established, and many of this stuff they're still following today. And Christians are unaware of this information. And so in, in many cases, we present a lot of opinion on this particular subject. And so I'm presenting my information and, our, and the sources to provide understanding and illumination for God's people, the church. Those are part of the new covenant uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. And so thank you for joining us on today. This is episode 35. It's entitled Jesus said the same thing as John the Baptist. And we're going to discuss the statement that he made. And it's in regards to one of the type of unlawful marriages. And so for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at unlawful marriages according to the law of Moses, according to uh, what was established by God in the Torah. And we find that Jesus teachings on these subjects lines up with the Torah. It lies up, lines up with the law of Moses. He was not teaching something different. Jesus taught Old Testament law, the law of Moses. And I will say this, we are not under the law, we are under grace. So it's important that we as Christians understand that. I am not teaching these, these teachings for us to live according to the Old Testament. I'm teaching them so that we have understanding of the scriptures. We have misconstrued the teachings of Jesus. And so it's important that we have a biblical understanding of what Jesus was saying and explaining and teaching. So according to the law of Moses, there were two types of unlawful marriages. We'll cover the first quickly. The first was the adulterous marriage 
which occurred if a woman entered into a second marriage. She signed a second ketubah with a man under the belief that the first husband had died. And so a woman could not initiate a divorce for abandonment. And so women in uh, there in Israel, these Hebrew women were considered aguna, chain women, unable to remarry as long as their husband was alive. And so if they received word that their husband had died under the uh, testimony of two or three witnesses, proof of death, then she was permitted to now enter into a second marriage. And if it was later discovered that the husband, the first husband was in fact alive, this created a problem. She's now legally married to her first husband because he has not divorced her and he is also still alive. And so she is now in a second marriage. She has two ketubas, which are really two binding agreements. But that second marriage is now viewed as being unlawful and illegal. And so that second marriage was then labeled the adulterous marriage. And so uh, by law, she was required to be divorced by both husbands. The first husband could not take her back. Otherwise, he will be defiled according to Deuteronomy chapter 24. And the, the second husband, the adulterous husband, was also required to divorce the woman as well. And she was now permitted to enter into a third marriage, but she could not go back to either man forever. She was uh, off limits to both men forever, even if one of them were to die. And so those were the laws, or that was the law as it pertained to an adulterous marriage. And we see this law played out in the life of David and also in the life of Samson. And so we covered those in episode 33. I, was, well, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode 33 as we went in detail into the story of that particular marriage with David and his marriage with Mikhail and also the life of Samson with his first wife or his wife with the Philistine woman. And so um, the second type of unlawful marriage we have been covering or we covered actually in episode 34. I would encourage you to go back to listen to episode 34. But it's the uh, the kinship, the relationship being too close in kinship, which was really an ancestral marriage. And so we find that list or that law stated in Leviticus chapter 18. And so in this passage, we find this statement that Moses would use where he talks about uncovering the nakedness. And as I explained, um, that phrase, if you uncover your father's nakedness, it refers to the father's wife. And this is where we've misconstrued the story of uh, Noah and taught that there was some sort of a relationship between the son and the father, but there was a, a relationship between the son and his mother. And this produced that son Canaan, which Noah eventually cursed. And so in Genesis nine, verse 18, it reads the son of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Jephthah. And Ham is the father of Canaan 
And so we see this distinction that the sons of Noah, we got these four men, but one of them was not a actual son of Noah. Noah was the grandfather of this child, Canaan, because that child was produced by Ham and his mother. And what we find in the law is Moses is using the patriarchs as the example and establishing what is no longer lawful or okay. And I'll hammer this point because Christians tend to get this idea confused, but things that the patriarchs and matriarchs did before the law of Moses, there was no law. So we find a lot of actions, a lot of behaviors that we later find in the law of Moses as being explained as being unlawful. So their lives really laid the foundation or became examples for us of what was lawful and what was now from this point on unlawful. And so uh, this story of Ham and uh, on last week, I couldn't remember a story of another son with his father, but we have one and it came back to me this week. The son of Jacob, Reuben, his firstborn uh, in Genesis 35, verse 22 it talks about how uh, when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and laid with Bidhah, his father's concubine. And of course, Israel heard it. And so we have another example of a son having a relationship with his father's wife. So in this case, she's not his mother, um, but she is his father's wife. And so um, we see these relationships that Moses is now addressing. And as I mentioned on last week, um, Moses, his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam were birthed out of relationship between a aunt and a nephew. So Moses father was his mother's nephew. And so technically that relationship would also fall under what Moses is now categorizing as being an illegal marriage, an unlawful marriage. So in Leviticus 18, we'll just go through it quickly. Verse six, none of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. And then the list begins. Verse seven, the nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother Shalt thou not uncover, she is thy mother, thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Verse 8, the nakedness of your father's wife, shalt thou not uncover, it is thy father's nakedness. Verse 9, the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father or daughter of your mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. Verse 10, the nakedness of your son's daughter, or of thy daughter's daughter, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover, for theirs is thy own nakedness. So now we're talking about grandchildren. Verse 11, the nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister, thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister, she is thy father's near kinsman. So now we're talking about aunts. Verse 13, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, for she is thy mother's near kinswoman. Verse 14, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother. Thou shalt not approach to his wife. She is 
thine aunt. So even though there's no blood relationship there, by marriage, she is the aunt. Verse 15, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. She is thy son's wife. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Verse 16, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife. It is thy brother's nakedness. Verse 17, thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter. Neither shalt thou take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. For they are her naked. I'm sorry, for they are her near kinswoman. It is wickedness. In verse 18, neither shalt thou take a wife to thy sister to vex her to uncover her nakedness beside the other in her lifetime. So when it came to two sisters, you could not marry both sisters. If one sister was to die, then it was now a lawful marriage. And that, of course, points to the story of Jacob being married to Leah and Rachel. He married those twins and it created a vexing relationship between those two women. And so Moses established that we will not have that sort of situation in the nation of Israel. So now those type of relationships were illegal. But we do have the law that required the brother to marry his wife's, I'm sorry, the brother to marry his brother's wife if they did not produce a child, a son. And so that's the, uh, the law that required the sandal to be removed if he was not willing to marry her. And he had to lose her from the relationship, allowing her to be free to be another man's wife. And so that's a practice they still follow today as part of their tradition. If a woman dies and she does not have a son. And so understanding this law becomes important as we look at the story of John the Baptist. So in Matthew 14 at verse three is where we have the details of John's comments to King Herod. Matthew 14, three reads for Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, this is verse four, it is not lawful for thee to have her. Now, according to our American laws or Western way of thinking, he married a divorced woman. What would be illegal or unlawful for this relationship? But now that we understand the law of Moses, the kinship is now presenting a problem. He violated Leviticus chapter 18, verse 16. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife. It is thy brother's nakedness. Now, there is two problems with this particular marriage. I think we covered this in last episode. Women could not initiate a divorce with their husbands. At best, they can go to the court, ask for their intervention. If there was just cause, then the court would compel the husband and basically get involved to initiate the divorce. Josephus, which was a writer, a historian during Jesus' time, he wrote in his book, Josephus, in Antiquities 18.5.4, Josephus writes, after the birth of Herodias' daughter, 
Salomon, with her husband Herod Philip, Herodias took upon herself to confound the laws of our country and divorced herself from her husband while he was alive and was married to Herod Antipas, her husband's brother by the father's side. He was the tetriarch of Galilee. Now, the problem wasn't her uh, husband being alive. The problem was she being a woman initiating the divorce. So if the husband had initiated the divorce, it would have been a legal divorce. But she still could not marry her ex-husband's brother. That would not have been permissible because the law stated that you could only marry your brother's wife if the brother dies. So this brings us to the law in Deuteronomy chapter 25. If brethren dwell together and one of them die and have no child, the wife of the dead shall not marry without unto a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her to him to wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her. And then we'll jump down to verse seven. If the man like not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate unto the elders and say, my husband's brother refuseth to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. The elders of this of the city shall call him, speak to him. If he stand to it and say, I like not to take her, then shall his brother's wife come unto him in the presence of the elders, loose his shoe from off his foot, spit in his face, and shall answer and say, So shall it be done unto that man that will not build up his brother's house. This is referred to as a liverate marriage. It's important that we know this term, the liverate marriage, is still a process that they're doing today. But from my reading and understanding, the men are not marrying the sister-in-laws, they're just going through the practice of releasing her so that she is free to marry another man. And so, so we have this law here in Deuteronomy chapter 25. We have the law here in Leviticus 18. Then we have the law of women not being able to initiate a divorce. That's Deuteronomy chapter 24 because it was the man's obligation to place the bill of divorce into her hand, the woman's hand. So for this reason, the man was the one that initiated the divorce and also because of the law for polygamy, allowing him to have multiple wives, whereas a woman could not have multiple ketubas. So the man initiates the divorce, but not the woman. And so all these laws come into play as we have John the Baptist now speaking against Herod, speaking against this marriage. And it cost him his head. We know the story that Herodias's daughter danced for the king. He offered her whatever she wanted. And she asked for the head of John the Baptist as requested by her mother, Herodias. And John the Baptist had his head removed. And of course, we understand this is the cousin to Jesus. I believe they were six months apart in birth. We see them laboring together. We see John baptizing Jesus. Um, so we, we have this relationship, not just the blood relationship, 
but the ministerial ties as John was the forerunner for the runner, which was Jesus Christ. And so that led me to this particular verse here. In Mark chapter 10, verse 12, it says that Jesus, well, let's go to verse 11. Jesus said unto them, whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Now we understand put away was the separation or sending away and the divorce process required two parts, which was the bill of divorcement, which is the legal process of going to court, giving her her get her bill of divorcement. The second part was then to send her away. As we understand, Jesus is only describing a man and a woman separating. So whoever shall separate or put away his wife and marries another committeth adultery against her, that's because they're still married. In verse 12, if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. The problem with this verse was a woman could not put away her husband, could not initiate the divorce, but she could separate from him, which makes sense. The woman separated from her husband, but here's another problem with Jesus' statement. She cannot marry another man. In the nation of Israel, the priest would never marry the woman to another man without her presenting her bill of divorce. She had to give him the get. And this was the loophole in the law because the men were not required to have a get. The women were. And so if you want a verse, because we don't see this exactly in the scripture, but in Isaiah 50, verse 1, thus saith the Lord, where, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement, whom I have put away? Same two parts, bill of divorcement and put away. So there's a, a legal divorce and then the separation. And so he's asking, where is that bill of divorcement? Where's the get at? Because you cannot be remarried if you don't have proof of divorce. So now in Mark chapter 10, we got Jesus describing a woman separated from her husband and she marries another man. Would never happen in the nation of Israel, except we are now talking about an actual incident. This is national news. The king just married his brother's wife. And how does she legally... Uh, separate herself from her husband, what she did was she divorced her husband. So that was illegal. So we just mentioned three or four laws that this marriage broke in order to come together. And this is what John the Baptist was preaching against. So we really have a statement here in Mark 10 verse 12 that really applies to one particular case. The marriage of King Herod, Antipas, and Herodias. Why, I, I want to point this out because this is what I, I believe we keep missing in this conversation of what Jesus said regarding adultery and what Jesus says regarding divorce. Mark 10 at verse 10, it reads, And in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter. I want you to notice where they were when they had this conversation. Jesus and the disciples are in the house. This was not a public conversation. 
So you do not find Jesus making the statement of a woman putting away her husband and marrying another man. You don't find that anywhere else except in this passage in Mark chapter 10, verse 12. This is the only place you find Jesus making such a statement. What I'm highlighting is the fact that Jesus made this statement in private. You don't find him having this argument with the Sadducees or with the Pharisees or uh, in Matthew 5 in his conversation or teaching on adultery where he mentions divorce, that case or being put away. That was the Sermon on the Mount. And you don't see Jesus teaching it from that angle. He keeps talking about men when men put away their wives and marry another woman. But you don't find the example of Jesus saying when a woman put away her husband and marries another man, you only find that said in private. Why? I truly believe that this was because that's the same argument and statement that got John the Baptist killed. She broke the law of Moses. And so Jesus is having a private conversation with his disciples where now we can discuss this matter. We don't find Jesus making this statement publicly to Pharisees, Sadducees, because they would have looked at Jesus like he was crazy. All Jewish men knew, all, all Jewish women knew. Jewish women could not initiate a divorce. They could not put away their husband and marry another man. So there was no reason for Jesus to make this statement in a public setting. I don't think that Jesus doing it publicly would have cost him his life because Jesus knew that he was to die on the cross. King David pronounced that, prophesied it in the book of Psalms hundreds of years earlier, and Jesus knew he was going to give his life on the cross. But I find it interesting, the more we understand the laws, the culture, the Levitical laws, we're putting it into practice as we're reading these stories, these stories just make a lot more sense. Thank you for joining us on today. If you're listening by radio, join us again same time next week. If you're listening by podcast show, remember to like, share, and subscribe. And until next week, be blessed. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.